I was beginning to realize that there was a real sort of paradox between like, this is what the Bible says, but this is what quote unquote science is saying. So how do they, how do they reconcile? How do those things come together? And so I really began kind of a journey over the next year to really figure out what did I believe and why did I believe it? And I think one of the things that really impacted me a lot was it's not about science versus the Bible. It's really about who is our authority for knowing about the past? Is it what God has said in his word or is it what man thinks that happened in the past who wasn't there. Hey, and welcome to Zero Compromise, helping you stand for truth in a world that falls for lies. I'm Patricia Angler, joined here at the Creation Museum for our first episode recorded in front of a live audience here at Legacy Hall. I'm joined by Jessica Jaworski, aka JJ. Hello. And Rocket Rob Webb. What's up, guys? And we have a fantastic story for you today. So what's going on, JJ? We are honored to talk with Dr. Georgia Purdom. She is the Vice President of Educational Content here. We're going to talk to her about her testimony, how she got involved in creation of apologetics, advice for young people, and we actually interviewed her previously, so we'll let Rob yeah. jump into that. Yeah, so stay tuned for this whole episode. It's going to be a great conversation hearing uh, George's and just incredible testimony, but first, before we get into it, I want to tell you guys a little bit about how far we've come with our podcast. So, uh, what was it, last year About a year ago. Uh, about a year ago, we, George was actually our first in interviewee on Guinea, our show. Guinea pig, Guinea pig basically, and we <laughs> were fil filming it just in the green room, just a small little room here over here in the back and uh, we'll actually show you guys a picture here so we'll go ahead and throw that up on the screen now and uh, so that we essentially had a coffee press that was stacked on top of a box and then we taped a cell phone to the coffee press and that was our camera a camera and tripod and then we had a laptop connected to a really cheap kind of microphone kind of placed in between us and then the best part is we were sort of circled around with these chairs so it had like this fisheye lens going on yeah. so, so yeah, I was, was huge <laughs> I was like probably 10 feet tall compared to the other Georgia and I think Patricia oh, you were sitting so in the middle funny. right it wasn't, a lot smaller it wasn't and, good it wasn't pleasant to it look wasn't at. a very good picture the audio was horrible video was our wasn't humble great, beginnings. So, yep. so that is Just why we're doing a new episode with Dr. Pruden. So this yep. is round two of interviewing, yep. but it was such a great conversation. We really wanted to get her again without the fisheye effect yep. <laughs> with Robin normal size. <laughs> right. I shrunk for this one. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. right. So let's go ahead and get into a little bit about what you do at this ministry and all the awesome things you do. Okay, so I always um, enjoy that question of what do I do here because I get to do a lot of different things here. Um, I'm a speaker, um, a writer, author for Answers in Genesis. I also, um, as Jessica said, I'm the vice president of educational content, and what that means is overseeing um, all of the great educational programming that we offer here at the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter, as well as the development of educational curriculum uh, for Christian schools and homeschools, and then also uh, the magazine, Answers Magazine, uh, which we have and um, has a kids' Answers Magazine with that as well. So a lot of things involving um, education, that's always really been um, my passion and my heart is to really uh, affect and impact the next generation. So I, lo I love that part of my job here. And then I get to do fun things like this. Uh, so there's, there's always something new every day and I really enjoy that part of it. Yeah, you didn't start out at the ministry. So can you take us back and share a little bit about your testimony? Sure. So um, I grew up in um, a very uh, good, strong um, Christian home. Uh, in Ohio, and my parents were both Christians. I've been in the church pretty much from the day I was born, and um, but really, I think, came to a knowledge of um, needing a Savior when I was eight years old at church camp and uh, became saved. And then again, when I was 14, I think that's when I really kind of 
understood, like what does it really mean to follow Christ? And um, so just the importance of the spiritual disciplines like devotions and prayer and uh, really working for the Lord and doing things for him. And so, um, so that was kind of my, my upbringing. And then I went to um, Cedarville University, a Christian college, not too far from here, and uh, got a great um, Christian um, biblical worldview education there. And then went on to graduate school um, to um, complete my doctorate in um, molecular genetics. Um, and so then I wanted to teach college. That was, that was my, that was my plan. I was going to teach college, and I did that for several years then before coming here to Answers in Genesis. Wow, what a journey. So then yeah. how did God bring you to Answers in Genesis? Because there's a bit of a story there, too. Were you always into apologetics? Did mm-hmm. you always know science uh, creation was important, or how did that happen? Right, so I don't think I had ever really heard the word apologetics um, much, even in within Christianity and, and the very strong sort of Christian upbringing that I had. But I can remember having those like questions, like things I would ask my parents. I, I very remember I very distinctly remember saying to my, asking my dad, like, well, where did Cain get his wife? And my dad didn't really have a good answer. But my parents always, like, taught me to trust the Bible. Like, even if we don't have answers to those questions or we don't know what they are, to trust what God's word is. So I really love that they provided me that foundation. But as I continued to advance in my education, uh, you know, I'm being confronted, especially in graduate school, with the um, the they just assume that you believe evolution is true. Um, so they're not even going to teach it a whole lot because they just assume you've already bought into that idea and, and you're believing it and all. But I was beginning to realize that there was a real um, sort of paradox between like, how do I, how do I, this is what the Bible says, but this is what quote unquote science is saying. So how do they, how do they reconcile? How do those things come together? And um, especially when I was in graduate school, there was a lot of people, um, there was a lot of movement as far as in the, public schools as to what could be taught, what couldn't be taught. So this was a topic of conversation, even in the lab that I worked in. And I thought, you know, I'm just not even going to get involved in these conversations because I want to graduate, <laughs> uh, number one, because there's a, there's a lot of, it's even more so today, but a lot of prejudice against people that are Christians and especially those that are creationists. I knew that would not be a good thing to do, um, to talk about, but I just didn't even know what to say. I didn't really know how to defend my faith. And so when I started teaching college, I actually taught at a Christian college and and students were having these questions and people in my church congregation were having these questions because as soon as they know you're a scientist, right? They're like, oh, well, what do you think about origins? And what do you think about all these things? And I thought, I don't know. I don't know how to answer it. And so I was having devotions one morning and I read 1 Peter 3.15 that says, always be ready to give an answer um, for the hope that is in you. And God just really used that verse. He really impressed it on my heart. And so I really began kind of a journey over the next year to really figure out what did I believe and why did I believe it? And how did I reconcile science with what God's word says? And, and I think, you know, during that year, one of the things that really impacted me a lot was it's not about science versus the Bible, because that's what I think a lot of people think it is. But it's really about who, who, do, who is our authority for knowing about the past? Is it what God has said in his word or is it what man thinks about happen, that happened in the past? Who wasn't there? Uh, so that, those are really the two choices that we have. And we, through those lenses, so to speak, of starting with God's word or starting with man's word, that's how we interpret everything that we see, all the scientific evidence, everything. And then, the, then that helps us form what do we think about has happened in the past and how does, that, um, how does what we see confirm and is it consistent with what God 
God's word says. And so for me, and I think what's interesting is for, and this is true for a lot of Christians, the issue wasn't so much evolution. Um, I always say that because I'm a geneticist, so I deal with the little things like DNA and cells and proteins. And when you see the amazing complexity of that, there's I mean, for me, especially as a Christian, I was like, there's no way this happened by random chance over eons of time. It just, no, it had to have a designer. God had to have designed it. But for me, the really sticking point was how old is the earth? How old is the universe? You know, because we don't really have a lot of geology in um, high school or college. And so I just didn't have much background in it. And I was like, well, I don't know if this is what the science says, but then I started to find out that things like radiometric dating, for example, which is used to date the earth to be supposedly millions of years old or billions of years old. It has certain assumptions that people are making like that. The radioactive decay rate has always been constant, that there were certain amounts of parent element to begin with or daughter element to begin with. And I thought, wow, I never thought about this before. I never thought that it's based on assumptions. And if those assumptions are wrong, then your date's going to be wrong. I mean, when they date rocks during the Mount St. Helens eruptions that occurred in the 1980s, they date to be millions of years old. When we mm-hmm. know there's no way that they can be that old, right? They have to just be a few decades old. And so I really started to see how um, those assumptions are really important. And what I loved about being a creation scientist is that that the things that we do, we see, and that we observe really confirm what God's word says about the past. And, and that's what's exciting to me. You know, we, Christians have a reasoned faith. We don't have a blind mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and speaking of apologetics, I think the last time we talked, um, you said that you saw a lecture from our CEO and founder, Ken Ham. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I went to, um, like I said, Cedarville University, and um, he came to speak there during my senior year of college. And uh, so Answers in Genesis, I think, was just forming at that time. They were not officially a ministry at or it was very close to that. And I can remember him speaking and, and it was like for chapel services. And I was just like, okay, yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't, it wasn't really impacting me at that time. I, for whatever reason, maybe I was just too busy with all things senior and, and, you know, trying to graduate and finish up my degree. But I think also because I I was like, so how is this relevant? How is this important, you know, to what I want to do? Because at that time I was like, all right, I'm going to become a medical doctor. You know, I'm going to be a pediatrician. That's what I'm going to do. So I think for me it was, and God, you know, sometimes it takes a while. (laughs) It takes multiple things, just like for the gospel. Many times people have to hear the gospel a number of times before they believe. And for me, I think it was a number of times really seeing it and it being very relevant. People were asking me questions. I was really being challenged in my faith. And so it was then that all this really became important to me. Yeah. And just a follow-up question. I mean, back then, could you imagine yourself being the now vice president of education here at Answers in Genesis? Definitely not. This was not part of the plan. (laughs) How did you get connected specifically to the mini? Yeah. And so I had always, um, so I am a type A personality and I love to make lists and I love to cross things off list every day. And um, I've, I sort of had this plan for my life. You know, when I was like a teenager, I was going to become a pediatrician. I was going to have 10 children. I was going to marry a stay-at-home dad because somebody had to take care of those 10 children (laughs) that I was going to have. And I was going to have a home office so I could, you know, sort of help with the 10 kids. And um, so this was, this was just my plan. This was how it was supposed to be. And, um, and it's really interesting. And, and just something that I always really encourage young people just because of my own life and my own experiences of it's good to plan. It's good to make plans, but 
but don't hold to those plans so tightly that you think if you don't achieve those exact things that it's somehow failure, because it really isn't, because God has a plan, and it's what his plan is that's most important, and you may not know that at the outset of your life, or when you're a teenager, or when you're in college. A lot of times what I found is just being revealed to me, you know, as I go along, um, sometimes it goes with what I think and what's planned, and sometimes it goes a different path, and so I think it's important just to be um, open to those things and asking what God wants, because like I said, I always thought um, I would be a pediatrician, and then God, you know, just really um, revealed to me through many different avenues that he did not want that for me. And so then it was like, well, what's next? And um, my mom especially had seen a, a presentation of me my senior year of college. And she said, you know, you should consider being a teacher. And I was like, mom, no. <laughs> I'm like, mm -mm, I'm not doing that. And so I was like, there's no way, like I have really high standards and their students are not going to be able to achieve those standards. And I'm just going to be disappointed. <laughs> and so I, you know, I'm thinking I'm really great here on this. And so I was just like, I don't know. And so it was really interesting because I took a year between college and graduate school while I was just really trying to discern what God wanted next because the pediatrician thing I knew was not it. So what did God want for me? And and it wasn't like, a, again, some sort of flash of lightning or, you know, some sign that God gave me. It was rather just God, I think, slowly during that year working in me and say, and helping me understand that what my mom said was right. Because moms usually do know best. I mom mean, they're smart best. about these things. They have good perceptions about their children. And, and I was like... I actually really do think I want to be a teacher. Like, I want to teach college. I, that's what I really wanted to do. And and so I applied to graduate school and got in and, you know, really started, um, even though I did the research and I enjoyed research, I God really put that passion in me to teach. And I got to teach while I was in graduate school. And just that love for teaching just really, really um, started to grow. Yeah, it just okay. reminds me of what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Mm -hmm. Straight your paths. Mm -hmm. Make straight your paths. There we go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is, yeah. is yeah. kind of cool how it, we just have to be faithful to the next task God gives us because he mm -hmm. has the big picture in mind. So, so long as we are, yeah, serving him wherever he puts us and then trusting mm -hmm. that he's writing the story and he's the master author. And then it's kind of cool because he prepares us for next stages that mm -hmm. we don't even know are coming. So God used teaching for preparing you for this, right? Right. right. Yes. And that, and that's, what's cool too, because that's actually a really good point because I was scared to death of public speaking, oh, plot <laughs> um, twist. ironically. Uh, and so, in, and when I was in college, I took speech class in the summer because there was only like three people in the class. <laughs> and even then my heart was like in my throat the entire time I was giving a presentation. And so, um, but again, like all through graduate school and getting those opportunities to teach and then even teaching college for six years, the Lord really helped me become a public public speaker, because that's what I was having to do several times a day, every day of the week, uh, and being able to do that. And so as I was teaching college, you know, and like I said, that whole really first year of teaching college was me really diving into um, apologetics and, and figuring out what I believed and why I believed. And so the Lord started to then turn my heart, even, even right after that first year, towards, well, 
you know, apologetics being something I wanted to go out and do and teach people to defend their faith because I realized, you know, I'd grown up in a very strong Christian home, went to a good Christian church, went to a Christian college, and I still didn't know the answers to these questions. I wasn't equipped. And so how can I help other people then be equipped? And But I wasn't ready yet because, again, I was very new to all of this. I didn't know much. And so I just read a, a million different books. I feel like uh, just really lit, um, came to Answers in Genesis Conference um, and, and started finding out about the ministry that they were doing as well as other creation ministries and just sort of, um, I guess, just absorbing as much as I could about these things and, and really understanding, because after that first year, you know, I had said I, the whole millions of years thing was really a challenge for me. And, and the two things that the Lord really used to convince me that that can't be true, besides looking at the science of things, that was important. But first and foremost, it had to do with what does his word say? And to me, the two things that were the most challenging was the meaning of the word yom, in, uh, which is a Hebrew word for day in Genesis 1, because I had never heard really anyone explain what does it mean in the context that's given there. And so I actually heard um, a Hebrew scholar talk about that. And he said, it's very clear that the context is a 24 hour day. You can't, there's no way to get around that. That's exactly what it means. And then the whole idea, uh, uh, more of a theological point of the meaning, the fact that if there are millions of years of death, disease, and suffering as recorded in the fossil record before Adam and Eve sinned, then you've got death before sin instead of death being a punishment for sin. And when I first heard that, I remember going back to the room that I was staying in during this conference, and I, it's just like it hit me, like the light came on, and I was like, oh, you know, yeah, that's huge, and I never thought about that before. And it, it's completely in the, in the Word of God. It's not like this is something, you know, that isn't really there, but I had never thought about the implications of those things, of millions of years, and fossils, and evolution like that. And so that was really the day I would say I became a biblical creationist, really a young earth creationist because I knew that God's word is true and I also could see how science was confirming that and being consistent with that and so I just wanted to share that then with other people um, not just with my students which I absolutely did but then just asking God I said God you put this passion in in me now open the doors for me to um, to do this and so it took five more years uh, or four more years but he but he did that and so that was really neat I can really relate to the fear of public speaking because I actually took an online public speaking class to not be able to speak in front of people, but a requirement was that I had to at some point. So I actually edited in an audience. So I'm not proud of that. That was before I was a believer. But can you take us back? What was your first experience like public speaking for Answers in Genesis? Oh my gosh. So this is this is really interesting too. So I, I had, when Answers in Genesis, when I had come here and talked to some people here and been introduced and they were interested, they wanted to hire me. Um, I said, well, I have another year of teaching to go. I've got to complete the contract. And they were, they were fine with that. But they were like, we want you to speak at our conference this summer. And I'm just like, okay. So it was held at Liberty University in their gigantic like indoor stadium there with a thousand people. Now, mind you, I'm in a small Christian college and probably the biggest group of people I have ever addressed up to this point is maybe 25 people. <laughs> Zero to a hundred. Wow. And so all of a sudden I'm going on a, st on a stadium, in a stadium and speaking to a thousand people. And it was really funny too, because <laughs> they had these giant screens up. So the screens were of me speaking and I kept seeing myself. <laughs> 
Like, and I kept squirrel, looking up squirrel. and I'm like, I can't do that, you know, because then that just looks weird. Um, so it was really funny, but I, I remember being so nervous for that. But when I got on stage, you know, again, it was like, this is what God has prepared me for. Like this, I'm ready to do this. And it was just so fantastic. And now I have no fear of public speaking. I absolutely love it. Um, I adore it. And it's just fun to be able to do it and, and see, again, that's totally God because that, that's something that he gave me and it, it wasn't when I was young necessarily, or as I was growing up, but something he gave me later, a gift to be able um, to do that. And uh, yeah, it's just a really neat opportunity. Praise and God for that. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you are a tremendous asset to here at our ministry, Answers in Genesis. So I just praise God that he brought you into that. And then just going back to your comment, talking about millions of years and evolution with my own experience, I remember I struggled more with the old age, the mm. old earth than the evolution. When I first became a Christian, I was right. like, yeah, of course evolution is not true, but is really the earth 6,000 years old plus mm -hmm. or minus? And I remember I really struggled with that. And, and then it wasn't until I started digging into to a lot of the Answers in Genesis resources and the books, were there any specific books or resources that you that uh, that that guided you in that process? Um, definitely um, the, the Answers book. So we have a newer version <laughs> of it now, but the Answers book one, because at that point there was only one. Now we have four because <laughs> we, <have> <laughs> we keep getting more more questions and more answers. But I think that was really pivotal um, to me. And I always recommend that book um, and The Lie um, yeah. evolution, of Evolution in Millions of Years by Ken Ham, because that really, you know, next to the Bible, that is really the textbook of this ministry. And it was really, um, you know, Ken's passion and heart for the truth of God's word and just really understanding that and how that affects, you know, what we start with and what we believe in our worldview affects how we view everything and understand everything, not just science and the origins issue, but our morality and what is right and wrong and who defines marriage and gender and all of these things that we're dealing with in our culture today. Um, it really helps you see that. So I would say those two books were the most, there was also another book. It's an older book um, by Douglas Kelly called Creation and Change. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's more of a commentary because it goes through Genesis kind of verse by verse. And I loved that book because it really helped me delve into the word of God and think about those things. And so I would say those, those three books were really, really pivotal for me. We focused on a, a variety of science disciplines here at the ministry mm -hmm. and you specifically, your expertise is molecular genetics. So how did you get involved in like, what, what was your passion for molecular gen genetics? Why that? Yeah, so um, I, when I was in college, I got the opportunity to uh, take a course in molecular biology and kind of dealing with that same idea. And I was just like, this is fascinating because this is where the DNA is really what, um, from a biological standpoint at least, what codes for everything. Um, who we are, who animals are, who plants are, all of those things. That really goes down to that base level. It's the instruction book for that and that God has designed. And so I wanted to study that. Like I wanted to understand that more and um, uh, I dealt with it specifically in graduate school in the area of how bones actually are able to build and break down and remodel, basically. And um, so that was fascinating. And it's just basic research. You know, it's not like a clinical thing, but the idea is that people will then take that research and use it in a clinical aspect to help people that might have certain bone disorders. And so um, so that was, that was really the fascination for me. And so I never thought, if you would have told me, you know, again, whatever, 25 years ago would have said, 
you know, you're going to someday be using your PhD in genetics and directly in ministry, I, I definitely would have laughed. I would have said, how is that ever going to happen? <laughs> you know, um, obviously as Christians, regardless of if we're working directly for a Christian ministry or not, everything we do is a ministry to the Lord. Um, if we're in the research lab, finding out things and discovering new parts of God's creation that furthers his kingdom on earth, that furthers the ability to reverse the curse, I always say, or at least mitigate the effects of the curse. You know, those are things that we're trying to do. And, and so, but it's neat to be able to use it in a way, because um, I've developed a lot of talks, even talking about things like the genetics of Adam and Eve and how we're not related to some sort of ape-like creature, um, looking at the complexities of the cell and DNA. And so being able to really use that um, to help people understand um, that, again, all of this confirms and is consistent with God's word and his creation of things by his spoken word. And uh, I love being able to use it in that, in that capacity. And how has your, um, as you've been studying DNA and genetics, how has that deepened your understanding about who God is? Oh, wow. I think just looking at, um, you know, like when, when we talk about DNA even and how, and we see the complexity of it, but also the fact that there's DNA repair mechanisms. So um, because we live in a cursed world, um, our DNA doesn't replicate perfectly all the time, but we actually have these cool proofreading mechanisms that go back and proof it and we'll catch a lot of the mistakes and fix it. Now, it doesn't happen 100% of the time because, you know, it's we're living a fallen world. But again, how God, God cares for us in this fallen world that we've lived in to give us mechanisms to be even be able to repair and fix things and even use technology to try to help people that have certain genetic disorders to use that in that capacity too. And I just think it's kind of amazing to think about that. And just his intelligence, like in, I mean, which is infinite, but when you see DNA is not just a language, like a simple, like a, a linear language, I always say. It's DNA is three-dimensional in structure. So there's literally, we're finding layer upon layer upon layer of information. And the more that you discover about it, the more you realize there's no way that this could have come about by random chance over eons of time. Because um, just like we know our, our smartphones are smart for a reason, right? Because someone smart is the one that designed them and did that so much more on um, the DNA and every living thing on this planet. Totally. And I just kind of love the connection how like if God can write DNA with all those layers of information like mm -hmm. how much more can he write our life stories and yes. like the story he wrote for you like it's just so cool to see that mm -hmm. and I love your encouragement for young people in that regard too trusting him as the master author he wrote our DNA he can write our lives and mm -hmm. he wrote every person's DNA all of life's DNA he can work everything together at the same time for our good and his glory and it's just beautiful and invites worship mm -hmm. um, so that was super encouraging for young people and he did mention some of the other um, things that young people are facing in our culture today, different mm -hmm. issues coming up. What would be your, just some uh, top advice for young people who are Christians? Mm -hmm. They're trusting God to write their life stories, but it might be looking a little more difficult than they expected seeing where culture is headed. What would you say to them? I mean, I think it's important. And one of the things that I know, my own daughter is 19 and I've really encouraged her in is to just really know what God's word says on these issues, you know, really know that and not be afraid to proclaim that. Because I think it's really hard because Christians 
Christians. They're wanting to silence Christians. They're wanting them to not speak out or speak up um, about what the truth is. Obviously, we always speak the truth in love because the point of these things and speaking these truths are to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But we have to be equipped ourselves to do that. Like that, that is something I really want young people to do, to memorize God's word. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of that. Um, I do it and I'm a lot older. And so younger people can do it a lot easier, but know that and do that because you are, you will face persecution. I have no doubt about it. Like I always say, I am, I'm preparing my daughter for the persecution that I know is coming and will come. It's not a matter of if it will come, it's a matter when it comes. And so I want her to be prepared. I want her to hide God's word in her heart. And I want her to be equipped to have those answers. And I want her to not be, like you say, with zero compromise, right? I want her to be able to stand on the truth of God's word, even when it's hard. And even when she may face persecution for those things, I encourage parents, especially with their children to read the stories of martyrs of the past, read missionary stories, because these people face some very, very difficult times. And let's face it, we've got it easy and cushy here in the U.S. Um, We really do, but we need to be prepared for what's coming. And so I think Bible memorization, um, again, apologetics training, um, being equipped to stand on God's word and reading the stories and just being encouraged by those people from the past that have went through similar things can encourage us for the future. Yeah, absolutely. There, you are involved in so many things for the ministry and you've um, yourself written a lot of resources and books and involved in DVDs. Can you point people to your specific resources sure. where they can find more information about what you have been involved in? Yes. Yeah, so um, one of the, the, a new book um, that I have out right now, I wrote with my um, friend and colleague, Stacia McKeever, uh, called Craft It by God. And it's really a book for children to read, uh, for parents to read with their children. If you have older children, they can read it themselves. But it's really kind of an interactive book to um, help them understand the value of life. Um, I, we really want to raise a generation that knows that this is a baby in the womb and that this, from the moment of fertilization and how those individuals develop and that regardless of their abilities or disabilities or their ethnicity or any of those things, that they are made in the image of God and that they have value because of that. And so um, that was really a book from our hearts and that, um, and we just want um, parents. It's actually a great gift too for moms, for grandparents, um, you know, because again, it just helps them see. It's got some beautiful imagery of, that's from our exhibit here, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. And so, and I have a lot of web articles and, and magazine articles and all of those are available on the Answers in Genesis website. Yeah, very powerful pro-life book. At least just check it out for the for the pictures and the images like Georgia said alone. And she's also on Answers.TV. So if you guys want to subscribe to our streaming plan, platform at Answers.TV, uh, seven day free trial if you jump on there so you guys can repent of your Netflix and Disney Plus now. And it's only a few bucks, a few bucks a month, I think. So three ninety nine a month. Three ninety nine a month. So make sure you guys jump on there and you can binge watch Dr. Georgia Perlum. Absolutely. And subscribe to Zero Compromise. And subscribe to Zero Compromise. There you go. So thanks so much for joining us today. And thank you for sharing your story. That was amazing, phenomenal advice for young people. Mm -hmm. So we hope you take that advice, tune into our other resources, uh, learn more from Dr. Purdom. And meanwhile, we pray you keep standing on the truth of God's word with Zero Compromise. See you guys later. God bless.